0: This is the Rundown. The rundown the Rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski, 98.7 7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Live from the auction community studios for the next half hour. Luke Lipinski here with you. We've got Suns Cavs coverage coming up at 6:30 as the Suns try to pick up their sixth win in seven games and on that record to 14 and 9. Uh, we'll get into that shortly. Got to start with the Super Bowl, though. And if you heard this show at all last week, you know how enthusiastic I was, how high my expectations were for this game. More so than maybe they normally should have been. I didn't really have a rooting interest. It's not like the Cardinals were playing in the Super Bowl. It's not like, I don't know, it's not like some team I I used to root for as a kid was playing in the Super Bowl. None of that. Chiefs, Buccaneers, I don't really care. I mean, if anything, I would have preferred to see Bruce Arians win, and he did. That game was awful. That game was just absolutely awful. That was, in terms of Super Bowls, I can remember watching in recent memory. That was the most disappointed I've been. I mean, maybe we can go back to when I was like 11 or something. Other than like the outcome of the Cardinals Super Bowl against the Steelers. That was a different kind of disappointment. The only other one I can think of was Broncos Seahawks when the the snap went bad for Denver, and Seattle took the early lead on the safety, and the game was over by like midway through the first quarter. That one wasn't great because I remember I, me and a friend of mine drove to a Super Bowl party in San Diego for that game. So if you're going to talk about disappointment, yeah, I don't know, driving like 300 miles to watch a game that's over four minutes in—that's not great. But the one yesterday, ah, it's just just awful. I I hated I hated the entire first half. Uh, I thought the officiating was just awful. I, I I don't remember a Super Bowl where consistently I thought the officiating was bad. And again, I don't really care who wins. If anything, the outcome was was what I wanted. But in terms of just watching it in real time, you know, I understand Tom Brady. If you are a Brady hater, he carries that reputation into these games where it's like, okay, if it's you know, if it's close, if there's a big call that's going to go one way or the other, it, it never goes against Brady. Seemingly, it didn't yesterday. When the game was close, I know if you're a Chiefs fan, you're probably still sore about a couple years ago when you feel like you should have been in the Super Bowl instead of the Patriots, if not for a couple calls that helped Brady out. It was the offsides on uh, on D Ford, but they also called a roughing the passer, if I remember right, in that AFC championship that was kind of like, somebody hits Cam Newton like that, they don't get a penalty, but w- whatever. So I understand that there's there's sort of that narrative from a certain chunk of the fan base going into the game, too. In the first half yesterday did nothing to change that. The penalties should not be 9-1 to in the first half of a Super Bowl unless it is just egregious. You shouldn't be taking away interceptions. You shouldn't be extending drives. All that stuff, like if you're a Chiefs fan or if you just don't like Brady or the Buccaneers, you can make that argument, and I'll listen because it would have been a better game. But, man, that defense, that Tampa Bay defense came to play. At the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes had no time to pass. There was a stat out today, he basically ran four, 500, 500 yards that didn't count like in his stats or anything, but he basically ran 500 yards just to throw his passes yesterday. Like, think about that. That game was over at halftime, and we all knew it. And you never think that when Patrick Mahomes is involved. Like, we did our predictions last week on ArizonaSports.com, and then I gave mine on this show uh, on Friday, and I picked Tampa to win. And my reasoning was I just thought that the Kansas City offensive line, I just, it just felt like one of those Super Bowls where all the intangibles are leaning towards the team that shouldn't have been as overlooked as they were. Tampa, Tampa's a pretty good team, you start to look up and down that lineup. Brady's obviously, he's going to go down in history as the best quarterback ever. I felt like people were kind of overlooking them because, you know, with Eric Fisher out of the game, the Chiefs, that offensive line was a huge question mark. The game's being played in Tampa, all that stuff. All those just kind of intangibles where it's like you keep coming back to, well, okay, but it's Patrick Mahomes. He's got Travis Kelsey. He's got Tyree Kill. The Chiefs will find a way to win. I don't know. I just kind of felt like the Buccaneers would win. Although to be fair, a week and a half ago, making predictions, uh, I was certainly I was taking the Chiefs coming right out of the conference championships. But I say all that not to be like, hey, look, I got a game right. I say it because even in that scenario, I never would have believed a blowout win for Tampa Bay. If you had told me on Friday, this game final score is thirty-one to nine, I wouldn't have thought twice. I would one hundred percent gone with the Chiefs. One hundred percent. How could you not? Patrick Mahomes never loses by double digits. He hadn't lost by double digits since college. What Tampa Bay's defense did was amazing. Because if you want to look and you want to say okay, well that penalty shouldn't have been called or this could have gone against the the Buccaneers but it went against yeah, oh, that's that's fine. You can certainly nitpick a lot of that in the first half. You're not even really nitpicking. It was it was pretty it's pretty bad at times in the first half. But it doesn't matter if you're not going to score more than nine points. That defense shut down one of the best offenses I've ever seen. So it didn't make for a very entertaining game. It felt like every time it it, it started to get going, it just stopped. And if you don't have a a true rooting interest in the game, you're kind of like, all right, when are the commercials coming up? Because (laughs) I'm, I'm looking more forward to the commercials than the next drive of this game. But on my way into work today, I had this thought. I was, trying to, I was trying to kind of piece together in my mind which fan base should be the most emotionally attached to that win yesterday. And obviously it's Tampa. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. But you saw the TV ratings. That game got higher ratings in Boston. Like, New England fans were just as emotionally invested in that as Tampa Bay fans. As crazy as that sounds. Maybe not individually, but I'm just saying overall. So to me, it's those two. Obviously, Tampa won and they won at home. And Patriots fans are crazy. So they're going to be emotionally invested whether they were rooting against Brady and Gronk or for Brady and Gronk. Also, side note, I feel like Gronk should have got a little more consideration for MVP of that game. But the other fan base that should have emotional ties to that. It's us. It's here. If you think about it. Watching that game was just not fun. But when the game was over, I was like, you know what? Bruce Arians just won his first Super Bowl as a head coach. I'm really happy for that guy. I'm happy for Todd Bowles. Everybody saw what he can do as a defensive coordinator. Maybe he gets another shot as a head coach at some point. It's always, it's always dicey when your shot is as, as head coach of the Jets. But he's a brilliant defensive coordinator. Byron Leftwich, I remember being at practice two, three times a week during that 2018 season. And Byron Leftwich had to take over midseason when Mike McCoy got let go. And I just remember thinking, like, Leftwich was so, when he, when he talked to the media and when he talked to his players, so calm and so positive as that team was just collapsing around him. I mean, that 2018 season was obvious. <laughs> it's the low point for the Cardinals. And I just remember thinking like, man, this guy, as far as offensive coordinators go, so young in this league and it's the NFL that might, you know, at the time you're thinking this might be his only chance. Byron Leftwich, his only chance as offensive coordinator might be stepping in midseason to pick up the pieces of just a busted offense that Mike McCoy ruined. And oh, by the way, the quarterback he gets to, to try and fix things is Josh Rosen. That's not a great opportunity to show what you can do. So I was, I was happy for Byron Leftwich yesterday because it's not like he was just on Bruce Arians' staff. No, he's the offensive coordinator and had his fingerprints all over that Super Bowl. So that was pretty cool to see him get an opportunity and then really run with it. And they did the special, too, uh, before the game. It was, it was one of the, the interviews they had. We are talking to Bruce Arians. And they just kind of went through the diversity on his coaching staff. But how it's not, it's not forced diversity. You know that with Bruce Arians. These are the guys and, and girls, these are the people that he's loyal to because he feels like they give him the best chance to win. We know how Bruce Arians is here more than pretty much other, any other fan base in football. I know he was involved with other teams, but we know him here as the head coach. Bruce Arians, putting this all together. So yeah, in terms of a fan base to be emotionally invested in the outcome of that game yesterday, it's Tampa, and then it's New England, then it's kind of Arizona. And I'm not saying that like it's a good thing. I'm just saying it as reality. I would prefer to watch a Super Bowl where Cardinals fans were emotionally invested because the Cardinals were in it. Not because a bunch of former Cardinals people were in it. But there were a lot. (laughs) There were a lot on both sides, but especially on that coaching staff for Tampa Bay. And, you know, I understand Brady gets the MVP. It's a seventh ring and all that stuff. If you flip those two quarterbacks yesterday... The same team wins. That was a total team effort on Tampa Bay's side. And that starts with the coaching. All right, let's get into the rapid reaction. The Rundown. Rapid reaction. Rapid reaction, Reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. Starting the NBA, the Phoenix Suns. Like I said, bottom of the hour, we're going to have coverage from Phoenix Suns Arena. The Suns getting set to host the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland a little bit better than I think a lot of people anticipated this season. But still, that's a, that's a team that the Suns should beat. Phoenix now has won two in a row. Pretty good weekend for the Suns. They they get some revenge, kind of right or wrong, by beating Detroit on Friday night, 109-92. Been a real nice win yesterday over the Boston Celtics, 100-91. Tonight is game three of a seven-game homestand. The Suns, in addition to having won two in a row, have now won five of six. And overall, 13-9 is a pretty good mark to start the season. It feels like they have righted the ship after getting off to a really encouraging start 5 and 1 then 6 and 2 but then kind of slumping there for a while and losing what was it 6 of 8 and we saw it last year you know we saw the suns get off to a decent start they were 5 and 1 to begin last year 5 and 2 and then they uh, and then <laughs> hit a rut and never really pulled out of it until the bubble so it's good to see them put together this run over the last couple weeks we'll see if they can extend that tonight and if you look at the teams they've beat Two wins over Dallas in this run, a win over Golden State. Like those are teams they're, in theory, closely competing with for playoff positioning or a playoff spot. Get the win over Detroit. I mean, it doesn't help you that much in terms of a Detroit's a bottom team over in the Eastern Conference, but still, it's a win. And like I said, you can't. I don't think you can go forward in good conscience during your season, feeling good about yourself, knowing you got swept by Detroit. That was an important win on Friday night. And then a nice win yesterday over the uh, the Celtics so we'll see if the Suns can keep it going tonight. Uh, back to the NFL real quick. The odds are out for next year's Super Bowl winners. The Chiefs are your favorites at five to one. The Buccaneers are second at nine to one, so not really any surprises there. Uh, other teams of interest, the Rams are tied for third at 12 to one. The 49ers are sixth at 14 to one and the Seahawks are tied with Cleveland somehow. Uh, eighth at 20 to one cardinals are 18th at 40 to 1 and that's the same range as the philadelphia eagles yeah, that's a little bit ahead of the falcons panthers bears raiders so look the big takeaway is that the cardinals are fourth in the division in the eyes of the odds makers in vegas and there's plenty there's a whole offseason in front of you but just kind of another reminder of how good this division is how it's getting better and how the cardinals got some work to do this offseason uh, and over in hockey the coyotes back at it tonight fourth straight game in st louis because of the craziness of this year with the pandemic and the schedule getting all moved around coyotes playing pretty well against a st louis team that was one of the best teams in the nhl they obviously won the cup two years ago real good record this year the blues seven four and one but the coyotes have beaten them two straight coyotes five five and one on the year just solid. That's that's a fine start. Eleven games. You're you're right at five hundred. But uh, I I would say if you if you've watched them, they have been they've been better than a five hundred team. They've played some tough teams. Playing Vegas four times and St. Louis four times already. But um, a decent start for the Coyotes. We'll see if they can keep that going tonight in St. Louis. When we come back, mention the odds at the top of the Super Bowl rankings for next year. Tampa Bay is right back there. And when you look at what they did this past season. It's at least worth asking Are they setting a new trend in the NFL? That's next. It's The Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. It's The Rundown, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Tampa Bay gets that Super Bowl win yesterday, and certainly all the accolades are going to go to Tom Brady. And, you know, it's the quarterback. It's the nature of the position. It's his seventh title. It's his fifth MVP. I do think he could have made a case for some other players in that game as a Super Bowl MVP yesterday. But uh, really, I would have given it to the coaching staff. Uh, Not, you know, it's not a bad game by Brady. Had three touchdowns. But just 201 passing yards, I do think he should have had an interception. But either way, it's his seventh ring. Like You can't take anything away from him. And it is his fifth MVP. But what stood out, as that game really wore on, is that the Buccaneers defense was just absolutely dialed in. And there just there there was no way. I mean, think about the Chiefs' offense. The Kansas City Chiefs offense, you knew this game was over by the end of the first drive in the second half. I think that's I think that's fair. I didn't understand in real time why the Buccaneers were Getting help from the Chiefs at the end of the first half. Kansas City calling timeouts down 14 to 6 at that point. It's like, you have you seen Tom Brady in the last couple of minutes of a half or a game? I get that you're Kansas City and you're used to being up and you don't want to go into halftime down 8 if you think you can get the ball back. But Kansas City gets the ball to start second half. I did not understand why they were calling timeouts and giving Brady and the Buccaneers any chance to extend that lead. And obviously they did. But even then, it's like, okay, well, maybe Mahomes can kind of get them going to start second half because they do get the ball. Maybe they make up from that. Maybe they uh, they they get a little momentum back. They start to feel like Kansas City just never got in sync yesterday ever. But now that we've seen the whole game, that was pretty clearly because of Tampa Bay and their defense this was Brady after the game they stepped up to the challenge and uh you know you go up against a guy like Pat incredible player and um Aaron MVP two weeks ago they played incredible and then uh Drew they played great um they just they stepped up they rose to the occasion and uh, we needed it because playing extremely talented offenses but just so happy we uh you know we all came to play tonight Yeah, look at some of the quarterbacks that the Tampa Bay beat in the Super Bowl run. You cannot minimize what the Buccaneers just did. They beat Patrick Mahomes. They beat Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. I guess Taylor Heineke was the (laughs) the toughest competition they had all the way back in that opening round. Uh, Yeah, the the defense uh, is—they were just—it was—it was really impressive. The game, like I said, wasn't all that fun to watch. Unless you were emotionally invested and you're like, and you're a Chiefs fan or you're a Buccaneers fan, and every play is a roller coaster, it was a pretty bland game to watch. But now that we've seen the whole thing, we know the result. It is just – it's unbelievable what that Buccaneers defense did. Here's Devin White. I think the thing was he mixed up the coverages. You know, we had a great game plan. He, he, schemed, he schemed it up great, man. He gave, they gave him too much time to scheme it up. Even with a week of preparation, I know he, it was the biggest stage. He would have had the perfect game plan. And, man, that guy's a mastermind. And I say this not selfishly. I, I wish he uh, – I'm glad he didn't get a head coach job. I love playing for him. He told me, in Levante, he was going to make us the best linebackers in the world. And he told us he was going to help us be world champions. We just had to follow his lead, and that's what we did. Yeah, of course, he's talking about Todd Bowles. That's Devin White again, and this is Bruce Arians, who is very familiar with what Todd Bowles is capable of doing, especially when you give him time to prepare. He can't give him enough credit. You know, I, I, I think he got a little tired of hearing about how unstoppable they were. I thought he came up with a fantastic plan, um, just to keep him in front of us and tackle real well, uh, and let you know, Patrick wasn't going to beat us running. Uh, we let him run all day and uh, just keep chasing him around and see if we can make some plays. So, a couple things come out of that. First of all, you're always looking for a blueprint on how to beat the best team in the NFL, and the Chiefs are right there. If you think the Buccaneers, I'm looking towards next season. If you think the, the Buccaneers are going to be better, okay, but either way. It's one of those two teams going into next season. So maybe Tampa Bay showed us a little bit of the blueprint. You're not going to beat the Chiefs by outscoring them. You have to find a way to slow them down. Now, Patrick Mahomes is very clearly hurt. They couldn't block for him at all. And and that's because they were missing pieces on the offensive line. And Tampa's pretty loaded on defense. So it's, this is not some blueprint that's easily followed next season. I'll give you that. But in terms of trying to figure out a way to beat the Chiefs, Tampa at least puts something out there on film. You do this and this and this. If if you can do it, you are probably not going to beat them thirty-one to nine. But maybe the way to beat the Chiefs is to grind out some twenty-four to twenty wins or whatever. I mean, it's it's a long shot. If you are telling me I got to pick next year's Super Bowl winner right now, I am taking Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But we at least saw that yesterday. We did see a, a, we saw something we really haven't seen against Kansas City since Patrick Mahomes took over. The other thing, though, if you look at the Buccaneers yesterday, when you have Ndamukong Suh with a sack and a half. Jason Pierre-Paul was a big part of that defense all year long, and he was knocking down passes and getting in lanes yesterday. You look on the offensive side of the ball, you got Rob Gronkowski came over from the Pats with Brady. Uh, Leonard Fournette, for whatever reason, Jacksonville was done with him. Antonio Brown essentially came over because of Brady. There's been all this talk the last couple weeks of Deshaun Watson asking for a trade out of Houston and how that's like the gateway to the NFL being like the NBA, where you're going to have players dictating where they go. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think Deshaun Watson is is a pretty extreme example that is a top five quarterback early, still pretty early in his career. He can dictate his terms a lot better than even a running back, you know, or a defensive lineman, or whatever. So I don't necessarily agree that Deshaun Watson, if he's able to force his way out of Houston, that that like changes the face of the NFL, and all of a sudden it's just like the NBA where players get to pick where they go. But if you look at the Buccaneers and all those players whose names I just read off, who all played a pretty big role, didn't this kind of feel like a super team? This is the NFL's equivalent. Because none of those guys, especially the offensive guys, Brady, Fournette, Antonio Brown, I know Brown wasn't a huge part of this, but he did score yesterday. Gronk, none of those guys were on the Buccaneers a year ago. When the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, beat the 49ers, the Buccaneers were not on anybody's radar. Now they've won the Super Bowl, but it's it's not because it's not because they all just Evolved as a team and the players developed individually. It's not that they just went out and got a bunch of players. And again, this is sort of an extreme example because you were able to get Brady and because you got Brady, you got Gronk, you got Antonio Brown, you know, you go out there and you pick up Fournette. You've got those pieces on defense that you didn't draft Pierre Paul. You didn't draft Ndamukong Sue. I'm not saying this to be like, well, you know, this is how the NFL is going to be now. Teams are going to be formed by a bunch of players getting together and then deciding this is where they want to go in. I'm not saying that. But that's really the first time I can remember watching an NFL team win a Super Bowl. And it really was a bunch of just like a bunch of names from other teams that that came together instantly, which, again, give Bruce Arians a lot of credit for being able to pull this team together over the course of the year, get everybody on the same page. They didn't even have Fournette at the start of the year. And go out there and beat Aaron Rodgers, beat Drew Brees, beat Taylor Heineke, and beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I just want to wrap up the show tonight by saying a few words about Pedro Gomez, who of course, uh, very unexpectedly passed away, got the news right after the Super Bowl last night. And, you know i've i've talked to him a few times i'm not going to sit here and claim to to have known him as well as as a lot of media members in the in the valley uh but it has really stood out over the last 24 hours how much of an impact he has had on so many people in this market and and i know it's not just here but you know he's obviously got local ties and, and, you know, I mean, I've talked to him a few times. I've talked to him on these airwaves before uh, doing interviews. And just, just a great guy, just a very personable, just a, just a happy guy. Like even being out at like Cardinals practice a couple years ago, like Pedro Gomez walks in and, and everybody knows. It's like, oh, Pedro's here. And he's always happy. And uh, I don't know, it just, it really, it struck me the last uh, 24 hours hearing so many people that knew him well talk about him and seeing so many posts on social media about him. And man, they were all good. They're all good. That says something about the person that he was. And so it just, it's a short show tonight. I didn't want to like, I didn't want to throw that in at the start of the show. It it just, you know, it's a very delicate topic, certainly. But um, just condolences to his family. And, you know, when that many people are saying that many great things about not just his work certainly but like the person that he was that that's telling that's that's how you want to live your life so I just you know wanted to say a little bit there to wrap up the show all right uh, coming up we've got Suns Cavs pregame beginning in just a few moments tip off at seven o'clock that's next thanks to everybody out there for listening thanks to Cody Fincher Jeff Darge for running the show I'm Luke Lipinski this has been the rundown on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station